Hey there, everyone. Michael A. Bryan here from the Oracular School of Astrology with yet another question and answer segment where practicing astrologers bring me their questions and I provide them answers based on my astrological practice. If you're enjoying these Q&A segments and you'd like to work with either myself or an OSA certified astrologer, then by all means, check out our website where you can book yourself a high quality astrological consultation today. Also, I answer many of these questions and more in my book, Mastering Traditional Astrology, A Depth of Beginning in the Celestial Art, which you can buy a copy of on Amazon.com. And if you'd like to become a professional astrologer, then check out our Professional Astrologers Diploma Program, as well as our Medical Astrologers Diploma Program, by visiting the education page of our website. The question has to do with how should we be treating aspects to the angles, as well as how we should be treating aspects to house cusps. Aspects to the angles are some of the most important and some of the most powerful aspects that we can have within our natal charts. And the reason for that is because the angles more than anything else within our natal charts specifically belong to us. And I dare say the angles as well as the parts of fortune and maybe all the Arabic parts, since all of the Arabic parts for the most part tend to be projected from the ascendant. So aspects to the angles are going to really be deeply embedded within the cosmic DNA of the chart under assessment and also of the person who owns that chart. The aspects that tend to be the most important are the conjunctions. And just a day ago or two days ago, I was in this big Twitter brouhaha regarding the fact that conjunctions aren't actually aspects at all, which still seems to be surprising and shocking to people who practice traditional astrology, that the conjunction isn't an aspect. I'm not going to rehash what I said within that series of tweets as to why a conjunction isn't an aspect. And if you want to know all about why conjunctions aren't aspects, one, you can follow me on Twitter at Oraculos Astro. And two, you can also buy my book, Mastering Traditional Astrology, in which I make it emphatically clear why a conjunction cannot be an aspect based on our definition of what an aspect is. A conjunction is a very important planetary something, but what it isn't is an aspect. The conjunctions to the angles tend to be the most important, as well as the squares to the angles. And the reason why I don't mention the oppositions to the angles, such as somebody having Saturn conjunct their IC and therefore opposite their midheaven, is because that just seems like a waste of words to say that I have Neptune or Saturn opposite my midheaven. No, do you really mean to say that you have Neptune or Saturn conjunct your IC? Because when it comes to the angles, where those planets are tends to manifest more materially than where those planets aren't. And the opposition to an angle just doesn't need to be a thing that we speak about. If you have Saturn in your seventh house conjunct your seventh house cusp, you don't also have Saturn opposite your ascendant, even though we know that that's true. You have Saturn primarily manifesting where Saturn is, which is in your seventh house, because determination by location is immediate. Where a planet is, is always going to be that much more important than where a planet isn't. So why do we take the squares to the angles? For example, if I have Saturn in my first house in a square relationship to my midheaven or in a square relationship to my IC, or even if I have Saturn in my second house in a square relationship to my midheaven or to my IC, why would I take that as being important? 
because for the mere fact that if we're using a quadrant-based house system, you could have Saturn squaring your midheaven and your IC without necessarily needing to be conjunct your ascendant. Because within a quadrant-based house system, we don't necessarily end up with the same mode of sign on all four of the angles, which is something that we would end up with if we were using something such as equal houses or whole sign houses. So therefore, I do think that aspects to the angles are going to be very important, particularly the conjunction as well as the squares. I think the larger topic is how do we interpret this? If you have a planet conjunct your ascendant, I think that that is a planet that you should interpret in terms of your own psychology, as well as in terms of environmental factors that impacted your immediate environment as a child growing up. If you have something conjunct your fourth house cusp, or rather your IC, I think that that is something that should be interpreted in relation to that thing directly impacting the affairs of your family and your home and your ancestry and particularly even specifically your father. Even though in astrology, the father seems to be manifested more fully through the ruler of the fourth house than the fourth house itself because the father seems to be more specifically the ruler of the fourth house, whereas the fourth house itself seems to manifest our family dynamic in general. If you have a planet conjunct your seventh house cusp, then that planet is going to manifest in terms of your marriage, your relationships, and your intimate partnerships in general. If a planet is conjunct your 10th house cusp, then that planet is going to manifest in terms of your career in general, and not necessarily in terms of your mother, because just like the father, the mother seems to manifest more fully through the ruler of the 10th house than the 10th house itself, whereas the 10th house itself seems to specifically manifest our career, the ruler of the 10th house seems to carry double duty of manifesting both our mother and career, and more specifically, our mother. That is how we would interpret the conjunctions to the four angles. That is also how we would interpret the hard aspects to those angles. So for example, if I have something in a square relationship to my descendant, I also know that that thing is going to be squaring my ascendant. And so we can say that there is something that is manifesting within our relationship to ourselves, as well as to the people who we end up falling in love with. If something is going to be squaring our IC, we also have that same factor squaring our midheaven. And therefore, we can say that there is something that is manifesting within our family home that greatly is impacting the sort of career we find ourselves being gravitated towards later on in life. So that is how we would interpret the hard aspects to those angles. Within a more advanced astrological application, you should also be taking the semi-square and the sesquiquadrate to the angles. Now, people always get on my case about the fact that the semi-square and the sesquiquadrate are not traditional aspects from a traditional astrological perspective. They are a Uranian astrology aberration. However, as I've proven within Mastering Traditional Astrology, particularly in the chapter on the cycles of the moon, 
these smaller hard aspect combinations, such as the 45 degree semi-square and even a half of the 45 degree semi-square, the 22 and a half degree octile, these smaller hard aspect combinations are also hard aspect combinations that we find being utilized within traditional astrology. The only difference between how they used it and how I used it is that they, speaking about traditional astrologers hundreds of years ago, used those smaller hard aspect combinations in relationship to assessing the critical days or periods of the movement or the alteration of a disease from a medical astrology perspective, whereas I use those smaller hard aspect combinations in terms of their ability to manifest concrete realities within the lives of people in the same way as the critical alteration of a disease could be thought of as the manifestation of a concrete reality. The point is, the smaller hard aspect combinations carry a humongous punch and it would be remiss if you practice astrology your entire life without integrating the smaller hard aspect combinations such as the 45 degree semi-square as well as the 135 degree sesquiquadrate. They aren't appropriate in horary astrology, but they are appropriate in natal astrology. So that's how we interpret the hard aspects to the angles within a traditional astrological perspective and truly within any astrological perspective. Now, when it comes to the house cusps and those house cusps receiving aspects, the only aspect or rather non-aspect I would take to a house cusp is the conjunction. And that's because as far as the house cusps are concerned, a planet that is conjunct the cusp of a house is going to be manifesting itself more fully in relationship to that house than anywhere else within the chart. So I do take conjunctions to the cusps of the houses. Within traditional astrology, we have this notion of taking all the aspects to the cusps of the houses, such as the sextile, the square, the trine, the opposition. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it works, and a lot of the traditional delineations we see coming to us out of the 17th century and the 13th century in terms of the reason why a person's life ended up the way it ended up is because of aspects to house cusps. It's something that we see being done routinely within traditional astrology. I am not a strong believer in any house system per se. Within the context of my teachings, I use the Reggio Montana's house system because that is the house system that is appropriate for the period of time within which my astrology is rooted, which is the 17th century. So I only use the Reggio Montana's house system. I don't flip-flop between house systems. I think Reggio Montana's is perfect for me. It's perfect for my students. We've had no complaints. However, I also practice astrology that uses no houses whatsoever, such as Uranian astrology and cosmobiology. And within those astrological applications, we find ourselves being able to derive the same type of meaning without using the house cusps or the house systems at all. So the part of me that is fully traditional is completely comfortable using Reggio Montanus until the day I die. And I also know that there are versions of astrology that don't use house systems at all and that are still very accurate. The actual unfortunate thing about astrology is that all the major house systems that people use 
are accurate. And all the major health systems that people use are going to be accurate within the hands of the people who practice those systems. So for all of us who use Reggio Montanus, Reggio Montanus will consistently work for us. For all of you who use Placidus houses, Placidus will consistently work for you. For all of you who use Coke or Campanus or Alcabicious or whole sign houses, even though I have very definite qualms against whole sign houses. And it's not even qualms against whole sign houses. I just don't jive with it at all. I'd rather use equal houses where every house cusp has the degree of the ascendant than use whole sign houses. But that's just me. But even within the context of whole sign houses, if a masterful astrologer is using whole sign houses, then that house system is going to ring true for that person. The only person who I know who's a masterful astrologer who uses whole sign houses is Judith Hill. I believe Judith is one of the best astrologers in the country. And if you're one of the best astrologers in the country, you're basically one of the best astrologers in the world. And Judith uses whole sign houses. I would never use whole sign houses. I'm very good friends with Judith. But Judith uses whole sign houses and she practices painfully accurate astrology, as do I, using Reggio Montana's houses. So the point of the matter is that it doesn't matter which house system you choose to use. The house system that you use, if you have made a pact with the universe that that is what you're going to use, no matter what, then the universe is going to honor that agreement and send you people and send you charts that make sense within the context of the house system that you're using. If I'm looking at a horary chart that was casted a hundred years ago by someone who uses Placidus houses, I'm not going to recast that chart in Reggio Montana's houses just because it suits me. I'm going to use Placidus houses in the interpretation of that chart because that horary chart came to that astrologer for a reason. And the reason was because Placidus Houses was the best house system to interpret that person's question than any house system I might retrospectively choose to apply to that chart. So the point is every house system will work. And as a result of me knowing that every house system works, I don't take aspects to house cusps other than the conjunction to those house cusps because I know that if I were to place my own chart in Placidus houses, my second house cusp would change dramatically from what it is right now. And the aspects to my second house cusp would also change dramatically. But because I know that Placidus houses also works, I would never say that my aspects to my house cusps should be better than somebody else's aspects to their house cusp. You might say, well, aren't you saying that about the conjunction? Fine, maybe I am saying that about the conjunction, but the point is we all have to have our limits within this lifetime. And my limits are that I take conjunctions to house cusps because a planet that is conjunct to house cusp is going to manifest more obviously within the affairs of that house than it manifests elsewhere within the chart. But that's where the buck stops for me. You would never hear me talking about a trine to my second house cusp, therefore dot, dot, dot. So... In all things, as astrologers, we have to use our fullest discretion. You should know that even though this is my personal opinion, there has been the use of aspects to house cusps since time immemorial in terms of using that as a delineative tool within their overall astrological approach. It's just not a part of my specific approach. And that's okay too. 
Do you know that you can now get daily astrological updates by following us on TikTok and Instagram? Follow us at Oraculos Astrology on both TikTok and Instagram to keep your finger on the pulse of the astrology of the day every day.